0: Good morning. It's December 21st. It's a sunny morning in New York City as we get the most possible sunshine on the day with the least possible sunshine. There are people out there on your internet trying to tell you that the winter solstice doesn't happen until December 22nd. Those people are what we call Europeans, trapped in the old world on Greenwich Mean Time. Here on this side of the Atlantic, the solstice arrives tonight, December 21st. Accept no substitutes. This is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. On the front of today's New York Times, the United Nations still can't get a ceasefire resolution passed for Gaza because, as the 2nd subheadline sub-headline puts it, the Security Council aims for a deal the U.S. won't veto. The sticking point this time around, the Times reports, is that Israel refuses to let the United Nations take charge of inspecting incoming humanitarian shipments, and the United States has effectively delegated its Security Council veto to Israel, and so the bombing continues. Inside the paper, there's a two-page spread of before-and-after pictures of Gaza, mostly satellite images. Part of a string of captions down the side of one reads destroyed greenhouses, destroyed beach resorts, destroyed buildings, large craters, destroyed buildings, large craters, destroyed mosque, Israeli armored vehicles, destroyed buildings, bulldozed beachfront. It's helpful to see, in addition to the 20,000 people who've been killed, that military bulldozers have been carving up the agricultural fields as well as, once again, the U.S. keeps the Security Council bottled up. Next to the Security Council story on the front page is another story about the Houthis' attacks on shipping in the Red Sea. The Houthi escalation in the Red Sea will stop, a Houthi spokesperson told the Times, when the Israeli war on the people of Gaza stops. Inside the paper, most of page A8 is given over to the election in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Ordinarily, this might be one of those placeholder stories where by the time you read about it in the physical edition of the newspaper, the election has already happened. But a little googling this morning shows that the election was so chaotic that they've just extended voting into today. Our own domestic election chaos gets a front page news analysis story and three full pages on the inside under the heading the Trump ruling, although the coverage extends far beyond the Colorado Supreme Court's decision to kick Donald Trump off the Republican primary ballot, to include Trump's efforts to slow down his own prosecutions until after the election, and two pieces on the response to Trump's embrace of hitler Rhetoric about his opponents being vermin and immigrants poisoning our country's blood. Mitch McConnell, the paper reports, delivered an indirect but contemptuous response when asked about the the poisoning-the-blood remarks, saying, Well, it strikes me it didn't bother him when he appointed Elaine Chao Secretary of Transportation, referring to his own wife, a naturalized American citizen. Nice to see Mitch McConnell, one of the people who once upon a time was in a position to step up and do something about Donald Trump, find the courage to be indirect but contemptuous, toward the person who is going to be his party's standard-bearer in the next election. The front page also has a look at the busy and largely unsupervised industry of cutting tongue ties in babies, also cheek ties, as the dogma that breastfeeding is natural and easy has produced a wave of laser-wielding medical interventions meant to enforce nature's infallible wisdom. Blaming the mothers for difficulty breastfeeding wasn't enough, now it's time to blame the babies. One doctor in Manhattan told The Times he sees up to 100 patients a week charging $900 for a five-minute procedure to release oral ties. The mother of one of his patients told the Times that after the surgery, the baby was less able to suckle than before. Nevertheless, the procedures keep coming. And speaking of effective strategies for latching onto the teat, on page 822, the Times catches up with ProPublica's Clarence Thomas coverage, having now seen for itself the 2000 memo in which a federal courts official warned William Rehnquist, then the Chief Justice, that Thomas was complaining about his pay and potentially threatening to leave the court. A complaint that apparently inspired the wave of lavish gift-giving that has kept Clarence Thomas happy, or at least materially satisfied, and faithfully casting right-wing votes on the court. Right below that piece is tucked a story about how the Supreme Court agreed to hear arguments about whether it should temporarily stop the Biden administration from requiring factories and power plants in western and midwestern states to cut air pollution that drifts into eastern states. All those luxury cruises and free RV tires will pay for themselves in no time. That is the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going, and we will talk again tomorrow.